0: Thank you, Liz. Hi again. I figured we could pray uh, before we jump into God's Word. How about that? Prayer is always a good thing. Lord, uh, just speak through me. Give me the confidence I need and and the passion I need to to preach your Word humbly and accurately this morning, Father. People need to hear hope more than ever right now. And use me the way you want to use me. This morning, God, thank you for how you've been working, because you're always working, and your promises are always true. In Jesus' precious name, amen. So me and Liz have been watching a lot of Netflix right now. We have been addicted to Netflix. If anybody comes up with a COVID-19 survival kit after this whole madness, a Netflix subscription probably needs to be in that survival kit. We're going to take a few minutes here and we're going to have people type in the comments what Netflix shows they've been watching right now. So why don't you guys take a quick second and type in some of the Netflix shows you guys have been watching right now. There's one crazy show me and Liz have been watching called Waco. Has anybody seen Waco? It was about some uh, crazy cult leader in the 90s um, named David Koresh. And uh, he thought he was the Lamb of God. He thought he got a vision from God that he was the Lamb of God. And he was supposed to marry all these women at once. And he was supposed to have kids with all these women at once. And he thought he was supposed to store a bunch of illegal weapons for the end times and tick off the FBI and the ATF. And at one point, the FBI and the ATF had a standoff with Koresh and his house. And that standoff caused a lot of controversy. But I'm reminded from that show that Satan loves to work in the desert. Satan loves to work in the desert. So what are some shows, Liz, that people have put on there?
1: Paul Cologne has been watching Minute to Win It. I don't know if that's Netflix, but, <laughs>
0: um,
1: and then Paul Cologne also says, we watch Major.
0: Major. Okay. Anybody else?
1: Looks like Paul Cologne is our main fan.
0: Okay. Netflix hey, that works. Fan. Anyways, we're going to read about how Jesus saw Satan working. In the desert in Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. In Matthew, chapter 3, Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights without food for like a spiritual boot camp. So his heart would be ready for the three years of ministry he would have leading up to the cross. That number 40 is significant in Scripture. That number 40 always seems to... Be connected with a time of growing that leads to a a new thing. If you look at Noah and his family in the ark, it rained 40 days and 40 nights. And it rained 40 days and 40 nights to get Noah's family ready for the new world after the flood and the new covenant that would be connected with the new world after the flood. The Israelites also left Egypt and they wandered in the desert for 40 years, and partially that was because they were being disciplined, but partially that was also because they were getting um, into a growing experience where they were going to get ready for something new, a new promised land. We also see that number 40 with Moses on Mount Sinai. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights to grow so he could be ready for a new set of laws that God's people would have. So let's look at Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 to 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and angels came and attended him. So Jesus was led by the Spirit. Into the desert to be tempted by Satan, but Jesus didn't give in to the temptation that Satan was trying to do. And this is what we see in this passage. We see Jesus going through this experience for a number of reasons. Jesus wanted to show that he was sinless so he could show that he was the perfect sinless sacrifice for our sins. Jesus also wanted to show that he was a second Adam, like Romans 5 talks about, because the first Adam gave in to temptation and brought death to the world. But Jesus didn't give in to temptation. He brought life into the world. And another reason, the reason we want to talk about today is the fact that Jesus wanted to show us that we could overcome temptation because Jesus experienced temptation. This is what Hebrews tells us about Jesus experiencing temptation. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16 says, There's a big reason why ex-drug addicts are good at helping drug addicts overcome temptation because ex-drug addicts have been there. There's a big reason why ex-obese people can help obese people lose weight because ex-obese people have been there. There's a big reason why ex-atheists can do evangelism with atheists because ex-atheists have been there. Jesus shows us in this passage that we can overcome temptation because he's been there. And he knows what it's like. Because of the beauty of the gospel, because of the beauty of the cross, because Jesus died on the cross for our sins, our temptations don't have to run us. We can run our temptations because we have Jesus on our side. We have the power of the Holy Spirit with us. And we have resources that Jesus gives us so we can conquer conquer temptation. Now, are we going to give in to temptation when we know Jesus? Yes, but we're not going to give in to temptation as much when we know Jesus. We also have grace because of the blood of Jesus. And because we have grace, we have forgiveness every time we give in to temptation. But remember, we don't give in to temptation as much because of the cross of Jesus. We have a way out from temptation because of the cross of Jesus. We do not have to conquer temptation on our own because of the cross of Jesus. We're in a desert right now with this virus. We're definitely in a desert right now. If you think about addiction recovery circles, um, addiction recovery circles talk about an acronym called HALT. HALT stands for Hungry, Angry, Lonely, and Tired. And a lot of addiction recovery centers claim that when you're hungry or angry or lonely or tired, you are vulnerable to making dumb decisions. I think Satan knew about HALT before the addiction recovery centers knew about HALT. Satan was excited to get Jesus in the desert because Satan knew he had a good chance to get Jesus to stumble in the desert because Jesus was hungry and Jesus was tired. So Satan knew that Jesus was at a vulnerable point in the desert. A lot of us are in a desert right now because we're vulnerable to temptation. A lot of us are hungry, or angry, or lonely, or tired. A lot of us are hungry because we can't um, buy food because of this tough uh, financial time we're going through. A lot of us are angry because we can't go places, and a lot of us are angry because we feel like the government's not making the right decisions. A lot of us feel lonely because we don't live with family and we have to be by ourselves. A lot of us are tired emotionally or mentally or physically because maybe we're a nurse and we're working crazy hours or maybe we're a gas station worker and we're working crazy hours or maybe we're a a Walmart worker and we're working crazy hours or maybe we're stuck with our kids and our kids are driving us nuts and we're exhausted because our kids won't leave us alone. and this time of being in the desert because we're hungry angry lonely and tired can cause us to say and do things that we can regret. Times like this can cause people to commit suicide. Times like this can cause people to look at porn because they're lonely. Times like this can cause people to think about stealing because they want to feed their family. I know these are crazy extremes in a lot of ways but This is the real stuff we're dealing with right now. There's a lot of people that are going to snap at their kids in a way that they don't usually snap at their kids right now because of that temptation to snap because of anger. There's going to be a lot of people that snap at their spouse in ways that they don't usually snap at their spouse because there's people that are tempted to snap in a different way because of their anger or because they're tired, or because they're hungry, or because they're lonely. This is what um, James, chapter 1, verses 14 to 15 says. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Temptation basically is Satan making sin look good. Temptation is Satan making sin look good. We wouldn't have a problem with sin if it didn't look good or feel good. But Satan makes sin look good and feel good. Our mind is telling us that sin is dumb and we shouldn't do it, but our fleshly desire is telling us, hey, sin feels good and sin looks good. So there's like this tug of war going on between our mind and And the fleshly desires that we have because we live in a broken world and because we are broken people. Romans uh, chapter 7 verses 19 to 20 um, has Paul explaining this struggle of of the mind and the flesh. He says, For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Paul talks about this struggle with sin. He's like, my mind is telling me that sin is stupid, but my flesh is, is uh, telling me, hey, this is something awesome. This feels good. This looks good. It's a struggle, and it's a struggle you're going to have till you see Jesus face to face, but we can handle that struggle of temptation and sin with Jesus because Jesus died on the cross if we just give our lives over to Jesus, if we cling to the Holy Spirit. I know some of us really want a potluck at church right now. Some of us want to get together. We want to have a big food celebration. And our minds are telling us that is really stupid right now because a lot of people could get sick. But then our flesh is telling us, man, I really love them deviled eggs. I really love that coleslaw. I really love them good pies. I really love that fried chicken. I really miss cutting up with a lot of those people. No lie. There was a church that decided to change the name of the potluck to pot blessing. No lie. There was a church that decided to change the name of potluck to pot blessing. I can't imagine that went over really well. Pot blessing. Pot blessing. I can just see it now. Wow, our attendance went up by 80%. We got a bunch of Washington State license plates in our parking lot. Apparently, this church didn't believe in luck, so they thought they should, they should change the name from potluck to pot blessing. So I don't know how that's working out for them. But anyways, how does Jesus teach us to overcome temptation in this passage? How does Jesus teach us to overcome temptation in this passage. Well, Jesus gives us a number of ways that we can overcome temptation in this passage. And the first way we overcome temptation is through having the Spirit lead us as we are facing temptation. We gotta have the Spirit leading us as we face temptation. Matthew 4, one says, "'Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness "'to be tempted by the devil.'" Now, you can look at these words from Matthew 4.1 and, and, and see, the Spirit led Jesus to be tempted. Is the Spirit going to lead me to be tempted? You've got to remember, this is Jesus we're talking about. We're not Jesus, number one. Number two, that was God's plan for Jesus, but that's not God's plan for us. God's plan for us is to have the Spirit lead us as we face temptation. The Spirit doesn't lead us to be tempted. The Spirit leads us as we face temptation so we can handle temptation. And so we can have wisdom during our temptations. So we can have strength during our temptations. And so we can have encouragement during our temptations. Because we cannot face temptations without the power of the Holy Spirit, without the power of the living and moving and breathing God inside of us, directing us. That's why uh, Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says so i say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh if we walk by the spirit if we let the spirit lead us then we won't gratify the desires of the flesh and we can have the strength and the wisdom and the encouragement and the discernment when we face Temptation. Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, and lead us not into temptation. That should be our prayer every day, that the Spirit leads us not into temptation. Because the Spirit does not want to lead us into temptation. Like I said, the Spirit leads us as we face temptation. Galatians 5:22 through 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. And self-control. We see self-control in that passage. Self-control helps make up the fruit of the Spirit. Self-control is evidence that the Holy Spirit is in you. You have self-control when you face temptation, when you have the Holy Spirit, when you have the living and moving and breathing God inside of you. A lot of us just think the Holy Spirit is for the Pentecostal Church and nobody else. No, the Holy Spirit is real. The Holy Spirit is an equal opportunity dweller. The Holy Spirit isn't just something that causes people to rattle on the ground on TV. The Holy Spirit is not just something that causes people to fall back on TV. The Holy Spirit is not just something that works in people's emotions during a worship service. The Holy Spirit isn't just this this force that causes people to speak in weird tongues. The Holy Spirit is the living and moving and breathing and active God inside of you that wants to work in you and encourage you and motivate you and convict you and lead you towards righteousness as you face temptation because you cannot face temptation on your own. You need the power of the Holy Spirit and you need other people that are connected with the Holy Spirit as you face temptation. You have support as you face temptation when you are connected to the Holy Spirit, because when you're connected to the Holy Spirit, you realize you need accountability, and you realize sometimes you need counseling, and you realize sometimes you need resources, because you can put the pride aside and realize that you need help, and you can't do this thing called temptation on your own. Another way that we see that we can overcome temptation through this passage is by knowing our scripture. We got to know scripture if we're going to face temptation and overcome temptation. Jesus combated Satan with Old Testament scripture. And we can combat temptation with scripture. You know, the Bible says the word of God is the sword of the Spirit. And the Bible also says the word of God is sharper than any double edged sword. We can stab temptation and the evil of temptation with the word of God in our hearts. If we face temptation, we have the word of God in our hearts. We have the right words that will come to us just at the right time from God's word. If we are constantly in God's word and we're letting God's word get stored up in our hearts because God's word is truth. And when we let truth get into our hearts, truth guides our speech and truth guides our actions. And truth guides us as we face temptation temptation if we want to overcome uh, temptation we also have to understand scripture we can't just know scripture we got to understand scripture Satan knew scripture in Matthew chapter 4 we forget that Satan knew scripture and Satan tried to use scripture against Jesus in Matthew chapter 4 But luckily Jesus knew how to understand Scripture, and Jesus knew how to interpret Scripture, and Jesus knew how to have discernment to decide what was from Scripture and what wasn't from Scripture because he understood Scripture. Satan today uses a lot of people and a lot of preachers to take Scripture out of context, and you got to have the discernment to know what is from Scripture and what isn't from Scripture. By researching Scripture, by studying Scripture, by actually interpreting Scripture not taking Scripture, Out of context. Because we forget Satan knows Scripture. And Satan can use Scripture for his purposes. Remember, Satan is the father of lies. And because Satan is the father of lies, Satan likes to use lies wrapped up in Scripture. You got to understand Scripture. You can't just read Scripture. You got to understand it. You got to know the context. That's why 2 Timothy 2.15 says, An approved workman of God is somebody that knows how to correctly handle the word of truth. Another way we overcome temptation is by knowing the categories of temptation that Satan uses. Satan uses three different categories of temptation to try to get us to fall. in. And Satan used these three categories against Jesus in Matthew chapter 4. Since we've been talking about Netflix and all the crazy shows on netflix me and my wife have also been watching a show called um i think the unabomber it's called manhunt unabomber. manhunt unabomber it's about uh the crazy ted kaczynski from the 90s what is it with all these shows from the 90s right now during this virus What what is it with all these shows about crazies from the 90s with this virus or, am i missing a connection here you know we got you know, David Koresh, and we got the Unabomber, and what's next, O.J. Simpson, I don't know. Gosh, I still remember watching that stupid Bronco for hours when I was about eight years old. But anyways, um, we've been watching the show about Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, and he used to deliver um, bombs through the mail. What he would do is he would wrap up these bombs nicely in, in the form of a mail package, and he would send these mail packages to different places, and people would be like, oh, this is a nice mail package, and they open it up and boom. Some some of these people would die. Some of these people would be crazy injured. Um, But when I think about Satan using different categories of temptation, I think of Satan kind of wrapping up sin in this nicely packaged mailbox looking package called temptation. I think Satan loves to use sin like it's a nice package with a bomb in it, a spiritual bomb in it. You know, Satan loves to use the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life as a nicely wrapped package that has sin in it. And Satan's like, come on in, why don't you open this up? It looks good. It feels good. It's gonna make you look good. And a lot of people give in to going to that package. And then they open up that package, and and they don't know what's inside. They don't know what they're getting themselves into inside. Satan loves to use the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life to get us to fall into temptation. That's what Satan used with Jesus, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life to try to get Jesus to fall into temptation. 1 John 2.16 says, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The lust of the flesh is what feels good. The The lust of the eyes is what looks good. And the pride of life is what makes you look good. And Satan's got that nicely wrapped mail package of sin. Hey, don't you want to look at this? Or hey, isn't this gonna make you feel good? Or hey, isn't this gonna make you look good over other people? And a lot of us fall for the trick and we open up the package and boom, we don't know what we're getting ourselves into. Careful what you're watching on TV. Careful what you're looking at in magazines. Be careful what you're turning to um, that makes you feel good, that gives you temporary satisfaction. Be careful to cling to things that make you look high and mighty just so you can look high and mighty so you can have an ego issue. Satan loves to use the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life to cause you to stumble. Actually, if you look back at creation, Satan used the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life to get Adam and Eve to stumble. So Satan's been using the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life for a really long time. Um, Lauren Nordgren from Northwestern University did an experiment a few years ago where he tried to get smokers to quit smoking for a little while. And the smokers that, that gave into smoking the most after a while were the ones that thought they could never be tempted to smoke. The ones that had too much pride were the ones that gave into to the smoking first in this experiment. And the ones that thought that they could give in to the temptation were the ones that didn't quit as easily. This is what Lauren Nordgren says about temptation. People are not good at anticipating the power of their urges and those who are the most confident about their self-control are the most likely to give into temptation. One of the worst things that you can do is never think that you're gonna be in temptation. That's one of the worst things you can do. And on top of that, you can't think that you can tackle temptation on your own strength. It's not a matter of if you fall into temptation, it's a matter of when you fall into temptation. You are going to fall into times of temptation. Make sure you are led by the Spirit. Make sure you know God's Word. Make sure you can understand God's Word. Make sure you know the categories of temptation so you don't try to tackle temptation on your own strength. Start planning now for how you can tackle temptation because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And make sure you're relying on Christ and the Holy Spirit as you try to tackle temptation in this desert right now. (laughs) you. <laughs>
1: we're going to continue our time of church with some more worship this next song that we're going to sing is going to be reminding us about what Christian talked about it's called All I Have is Christ and it reminds us that we need Christ to walk with us through everything in life including temptation including when we fall to temptation Um, and even if we have nothing else in life Christ is enough for us